Peter or oh no, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, that, Hawkeye is like a 40, 50 year old. So I'd at least hope he's. <laughs> I don't know, Hawkeye's man. Got kids. He's I still hope he's got more he's money. Still crashing at that like Guys, kids place. I'm bringing the party to you. Reddit, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Splash Pod. My name is Jack, joined here once again by Tyler. And this time we're going to be running through a film that is near and dear to my heart. The uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which just debuted in theaters last weekend. Tyler, I know that we all saw this movie together. I kind of got a little viewing party going there in row D of Showcase Cinema. Uh, what did you... Let's get a quick rating going. What did you think of it? 27th MCU film. Impressive, impressive feat. We just found that out. There's a 27th MCU film. Pretty crazy. The most impressive feat is that I weaved that into the intro. I was very impressed. I told him to weave it <laughs> in. He just naturally threw it in there. But uh, I'm going to start off with, this is, I have no idea where you're going to go with your rating, and maybe this is far too bold, but I'm straight up giving this movie a 9.7. Okay. I, thought this, wow. I thought this was one of, and I actually mean this, if, if you ignore infinity war and endgame because that's basically a two-part six-hour like masterpiece of 20 other movies that came before which i give them each like a 9.8 this is the best movie in the mcu like hands down besides those other two really and it didn't even have like the avengers in it but it like kind of almost did like it had enough stuff like there's enough stuff going on that it felt like an avengers-esque movie it it its ability to pay off every like the expectations were so high that I actually started to worry that it was not going to be good. Yeah, and it's like it's like Marvel was like you knew it was spoiled going in, and it still didn't matter. Everything and it's still still hit. good. It hit so well. I think this movie gave me a lot of hope for the next phase of Marvel. Shang-Chi was one of those movies where I was like, okay, maybe the next phase of Marvel has some hope. This is some new interesting characters, but I was like, who's going to like lead this? Yeah. This, the MCU going forward. And honestly, Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch need to be at the forefront of the I next Avengers movies. I didn't expect them to have the on-screen chemistry that they really did. They were phenomenal. They were really like good. amazing together. I could that was the part that surprised me the most of this movie, and then everything else just hit. It just it's straight up like I'll give it like a nine point seven. The amount of people coming back and delivering in their roles, them almost like making old movies that I mean the old movies were good, but some of them weren't the best, and they even like made them better. And it was like yeah, it's it just hit on every cylinder for me. The only reason I give it like a 9.7 is because like I don't think there's like such thing as a perfect movie. And there's definitely a few points in the movie that are like maybe a little slow. But like it's I I can't point to anything that I'm like, I didn't like that about this movie. I thought it was fucking awesome. Very good. Very high rating. Yeah, I'm a, I'm up there with you at the every time that you describe something as like this is a 9.7 or this is a masterpiece. I have to like step back and be like, all right, in terms of Marvel movies. Yes, <laughs> in terms of Marvel not Marvel like movies. this isn't like on Hitchcock level. This isn't like the perfect film. <laughs> no, no, no. This is we always we have a Marvel scale. This is compared to Marvel movies, which is like to me like the the threshold for like top of the MCU is Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity War being better than Endgame, but I think it goes Infinity War, Endgame than this. This is this is now my third favorite MCU movie. Very good. Okay, yeah, getting that out of the way. 
I also quite enjoyed this movie. Uh, the running comic splash bit here being that, like, I'll rate TV shows higher than you, but you're always kind of astronomically higher than me on movies. I love I, I, <sighs> the other problem with rating movies is it does pain me greatly. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one an eight point nine. I wow, it's good. It was close. I liked a lot of what they did. There isn't a lot that I would change. There's actually Willem Dafoe's performance specifically for me really blew me away. Just like he's still able to pull off like a pretty good foil to Spider-Man as the Green Goblin. But yeah, just 8.9. I think that's a really solid rating for this film. What what would you rate like Infinity War? Probably like an 8.9. Okay, so then you you have a much higher bar for the MCU than me. Like I consider like I don't see the MCU getting much better than Infinity War. Which is why I leave it like a 9.7. We'll give him room for or 9.8 for someone to hit the 9.9 or a perfect 10. I don't think they'll ever achieve it. But I feel like we're in the same place where we read this movie. I just feel like we both have a different weird scale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... Because, right, like, like where do you rate this? Rate it in terms of their movie. What, what what position is this in your top five, like top Marvel movies? Easily top, easily top five, if not top three. Because it's, it's my third. I think it's right there at three. Yeah, I... I like I'd struggle to find, to find a, a Marvel movie that I like more than this one. I'll say that. Like I don't rewatch movies. The only movies I can happily sit down and rewatch in the MCU are Infinity War, Endgame, the first Iron Man, and then I would put this in there now too. Like I, I feel like I could watch this movie at any time for a second time and I'd still enjoy it just as much. Yeah. It's just good. I I'm will also glad say... you pointed out William Defoe. Willem. Like one of the reasons to give this not Willem, my bad. Willem. I'm not correcting you there. I'm just Willem William. Yeah. I don't think he'd have, I don't think he'd of, correct you either. <laughs> one of the reasons I give this a 9.7 in terms of uh, forget the MCU but focus on just the idea of a superhero movie. That was the the second best villain performance behind the Joker. He is <laughs> amazing. It's like I remembered how good he was. The best call they ever made was they broke his fucking mask so that you could just see how good he actually is at acting. When he starts laughing in the corridor, when Peter loses it and starts like actually trying to kill him by punching him in the face, and the dude just starts maniacally laughing (laughs) and then just fucking smashes him through like eight stories. You're just like... Oh shit, he's on one. Yeah. Oh like, no, wait. Yeah, so I um I'll talk a lot as we go forward. I don't want to steal the meat of the podcast. But you're right on it with they got rid of the mask and let him show like real emotion. The problem or one of the problems, I quite enjoy the Raimi movies, but one of the problems I often hear like thrown at them is like it's really campy. Like it's quick fun, kind of kid friendly, approachable. The performances are over the top, almost hammy. And then, like, I didn't know that that would translate well to the MCU, which is like, it's not realistic, but it's like adjacent to realism that we still buy it. You know, like, am I yeah. off base in describing it that way? Go. No, no, okay. no, that makes sense. Yeah. And then just like seeing him like ah, Willem Dafoe is just a great actor, like seeing him still pull off that Raimi style camp, but as a foil for two different Spider-Men. Was it really like a really good take, like a really good way to take the Green Goblin? Because like in the Raimi trilogy, you see him directly opposed to that version of Spider-Man, which is good. It's a faithful interpretation of the comic character, but it's distinct from the Marvel one. 
So to have like a direct foil to the Marvel when you have to change the character a little bit. And they don't and somehow still pull it off, which I really appreciated. That's what I mean, dude. That's what I said. Everything in this movie, you are like, you kind of thought you knew how it would go out, but then they hit it and you're just like, but they executed. But they they hit it on it all. You're not the first person I've heard describe Willem alongside Heath Ledger's Joker. It's, dude, it's just, he, in the first, the first time they put him in a Spider-Man movie, he was really good. Yeah. At being like a villain, but in this movie, like it's his, hard, right? It, they let him go so much more extreme on like the personality disorder. Like I liked how when he was himself, yeah. he's no longer this like put together businessman who runs shit. Like he's now like, oh my god, he's pitiable. He's scared. He like knows what's yeah. happened to him, and he's aware of it, and he's fucking terrified, and he's like, make it stop. He's like seeking out help. At the beginning of the movie, and like that was just I. I don't want to go too much. Further a take than it, I've seen, but it was incredible. We're drilling down on this one. A take I've seen is we don't know when. So brief summary of the plot, and I'll put a spoiler warning at the top of the podcast. But like we see Doc Ock, and he's ready to throw down. He's like tossing hands. He's going for it. Like everything, you know. He's just like on all cylinders, peak of his game. We see Green Goblin. Like he doesn't do a lot the first time we see him. But then the second time when he's just like in the alley and you're right, he's just scared. He doesn't know what's going on. It's when do these characters get plucked from their own universe? Because I think for Doc Ock, it's like in the middle of a fight. We know when it is for Doc Spider-Man. Ock. It's literally when he is. It's it's when he's like strangling him like right before he yeah. basically loses. And exactly. Yeah. But for Green Goblin, it feels way more like. He gets taken like literally seconds before his death. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think all of them basically. The, the way that it's described is most of them who said where they were doing last, because it was right before they died in the other movies. Right. So like he was like very aware. He was like, "I am fucked in that." He knew. He knows it, and he, it's good. Yeah, he like has recognized that he's lost the plot, and now he doesn't even know. He's like, I don't know what universe I'm in. My company doesn't exist. People are living in my house. Yeah, that I don't know what to like do. People are living in my house. I was like, this poor man. <laughs> like... Yeah. And he's pulling that off. And it's a the reason why I like that they got got rid of the Green Goblin mask. And it, like they show that in that like alley scene, like he is talking to the mask. That's very much his persona. He doesn't like it. It's an it's another side of himself. Is that now Willem Dafoe has to play like a pitiable, scared, frail old man alongside like a deeply evil villain that will kill just without remorse and pull it off with the same face. Yeah, it was incredible. And he does, and it's incredible. It is incredible. We'll we'll definitely we'll, yeah. we'll touch more on his scenes later on. We'll go podcast. deeper down. We're let's, gonna dive in, but let's let's go back to yeah. the let's let's look at the movie at a whole rewind. So this movie starts off right from where the last Spider Man left off, basically, right at the top, which I loved. I love that we didn't get like a cut forward. It was like like once you got that post credit scene and he gets his name revealed, it was like I just wanted to know what would happen immediately, and they like went right into yeah. it. Yeah. I loved the intro to this movie. It felt like hectic. I kind of liked how he didn't 
at first he was like oh what the fuck and he didn't seem like deeply scared i think what i liked about this spider-man movie is at the beginning he still seems like lighthearted and like a stupid kid and just yeah. like it hasn't hit him yet like how screwed he is how like actually fucked up it is now. yeah and then throughout the movie it just gets worse so i like loved how at the beginning like he didn't just like it didn't hit him at first like he was still like he didn't really know what to do and it's like like he gets he gets scared right like he knows he like knows oh this bad. is bad but uh, he the way the movie tears him down later on is like he he wasn't like he wasn't aware of like how bad it was gonna go but I, yeah. I liked the the demasking him and like the, that whole storyline at the beginning where like some people and it's like you almost forgot it because it's been a while since the movie. It's like not only did he get his identity revealed, it wasn't like, oh, hey, world, this is who Spider-Man was. It was also like the last thing people saw was he killed another superhero and like he gets clear. He killed Mysterio who people and thought like was threatened awesome. to kill London. Yeah. And yeah. people thought he was great and he gets like cleared of it, but it's like no one, but like, like the teacher, for example, is like, you're a murderer. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And he's just like, the, I love him as the gym teacher. He's hilarious <laughs> as the gym teacher, but he's like, you're a consp-. He's like, oh, don't listen to the conspiracy theories. He's like, you murdered him. And it's like, yeah. how? Like, it's that's not even a conspiracy. No, everyone thinks he murdered another superhero. It's like, I like how it's just the identity. It's like, he's also, yeah, people think he's evil. Also, first of all, we do get the like the big reveal and i think that it's getting revealed in another area of marvel as well but like daredevil exists and that whole yeah rupert murdoch like lawyer like that character reveal matt murdoch's just there same character from the tv show and everything i just said rupert and that's been a point of contention for a while and i really liked seeing him but he says like yeah there's nothing here like you're not gonna get criminally tried or anything but like the court of public opinion matters and I can't defend you there. And you're very much implicated there. So he doesn't even really get cleared. If you look at it from that perspective, no. like he goes into the movie, people still hate him. Yeah. And then he leaves it. Like when he goes to the school, whole final 50/50. fight. Like there's like half the school. The whole final fight doesn't. is like literally him. Like I'm hated and have cred. So yeah. let's get on the Daily Bugle live stream. Yeah. Evoking Alex Jones, which I always love to fucking it's, say. It. <laughs> when they had him do the commercial read for supplements i was like i you tapped me that was my favorite i loved that that was so funny <laughs> the mcu has excelled recently in or not even recently they just always have they are so good at like taking these ridiculous stories of superheroes and aliens and gods and then giving you these little bits that just like reminds you that this is like the world you live in. And it's like these people aren't that far off of like real people. Like they have these like reality moments where it's like he's supposed to just be like Alex Jones. And it's like the way yeah. they just embed it into like real life is awesome. I love it. Well, then also because the creators of Spider-Man would probably actually like, and this isn't me being far-fetched or anything, like would probably hate Alex Jones. Like they would not get along with that guy. No, well, definitely <laughs> not. But I just mean like the, just the fact that they like always, they do a good job with just like tying in like a bit of, a bit of what you know from real life into the movie. And it just makes it yeah. feel so much better. 
Like you feel like you understand. I'm right with you. You feel like you understand the world in the movies. It's great, right? Because it's a lot to balance with the fact that they're also just like gods and superheroes and stuff. But it's like there's still yeah. You need to make the world feel believable. Yeah, because at times it doesn't, and then stuff like that, you're like, oh, it does. It's like actually, I can totally see because the when you think of the Daily Bugle guy, you think like, oh, that's just like a ridiculous character that just hates Spider Man for no reason. But it's like honestly, then they they did a little like Alex Jones like poking fun at him with the supplements, saying like he's basically Alex Jones, and it's like then you think about it, you're like. No, this would happen. Like there would 100% yeah. be a Spider-Man conspiracy theorist group in New York who would have an internet show about how much they hate him. Like that would happen for sure. And that's just how they would like propagate their life. Exactly. It's like those things, those little <laughs> things Marvel does are so good. So good. Yeah. It's just. Oh, man. So then we, we move on from the identity crisis basically, which the Daredevil little cameo was great. I love how he catches the brick just to let you really know it's him. Yeah, uh, no, this is actually me. This isn't a like, yeah, throw away. They let me be in the movie, like, I'm playing Daredevil. Yeah, they wanted you to actually know, which is sweet. <laughs> he then goes to Doctor Strange, which I think one of the most skipped over and important things in this entire movie is the fact that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme now because, yeah, because, he got it on a technicality because yeah, Doctor Strange is gone because <laughs> he gets snapped. So, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, which a little, little throwback to the Shang-Chi pod. Wong is in those cage fights as the Sorcerer Supreme, which makes it even Wong more wild. Fucking rules. He does, he does, and he goes on like his little, little trip and he's like, I don't have anything to do with this, which a uh. Basically, he, he goes to Doctor Strange, right? And he's like, I want to undo this. Can you make everyone forget? I'm Peter Parker because he doesn't have the time stone anymore. So he can't like reverse time and undo it. So like all he can really do is like other spells. So it make, makes sense that he's like, oh, I can make everyone forget who you are. And Peter like screws up the spell and Wong's like, oh, I don't have anything to do with this. And he just kind of pieces. Like, I, yeah, I loved their. Speaking intro. of skipped over, yep. <laughs> we have to talk about why he's going at doctor strange because i think that they're like tipping their hat and where they want to take spider-man going forward in that he's just like i didn't get in a college because everyone hates spider-man right now i need you to make everyone forget who spider-man is and then doctor strange is just like didn't you call and it's like it's a joke it's a funny line <laughs> but it speaks to like peter doesn't have like any sort of parental guidance anymore <laughs> like he has aunt may but like it doesn't like she's not a superhero <laughs> it makes sense if your he life te- was like technically has happy but he basically lived through infinity war and endgame and then got snapped and came back so it's like it makes sense that his like instant reaction to any problem in his life is like magic magic <laughs> and craziness so, like, i guess i know this exists yeah. now i want to say though i i think what was amazing about him asking him is what they did with the trailer to mislead you they made it seem like yeah. in the trailer like dr strange was just being an idiot being like okay i'll do the dumb spell but it's like no it actually like it the way they did in the movie made like a lot of sense like it didn't it wasn't like yeah like wong even was like ah it's stupid but he's like whatever it like doesn't matter that much and it's like don't do it it's dangerous we don't know what you're messing with but also we did use this spell to forget about a party one time yeah it was like very clear that like it's not not like a crazy stupid thing to do and even when it goes wrong he's like oh all we gotta do is just send these like six dudes home he's like it's not a big deal basically like th- yeah there was no they made it seem like a trailer like though they screwed up and like it was stupid and Doctor Strange would never do something this dumb but it's like the way they get to like the end conflict it's it wasn't him being stupid it was like Peter like taking over and like changing what they were doing like they had it very much under control like it was not a big deal yeah he made it a big deal which I liked how they made that change because I still like like I, I like to think Doctor Strange is like a smarter 
participant in the MCU and he doesn't just like to like screw things up. That seems to be kind of like a part of his character. So I don't, I don't know. know how they did my, it. Oh, my takeaway from Dr. Strange for this movie is that he's kind of bad as a team player. Like, think about the spell, like what's what it's actually doing. It's not what Peter asked for at all. Like, he's just like, I want people to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He's like, I'm going to make everyone. And Dr. Yeah. Strange just goes like, OK, everybody will forget Peter Parker. And it's just like, that's not what I wanted. It's true. It's like a genie. <laughs> but then also, like, he's like describing like, yeah, this is what this spell does. Oh, you broke it six times. And it's like, yeah, but Peter's like 17. He's not in college yet. He's still a kid. You need to kind of take him a little slower. He does call it out later in the movie, though. He's like, I kind of forget you're a child. Because he's like, they fought Thanos together. So in like Doctor Strange's mind, he's like, he's not a child. He's like a superhero. But he forgets that he's also just like. He's a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he's definitely not a good team player. Like every time they like work together, like they basically failed. They just fought each other. Yeah. He's like, I'm on my own. I'm. It's almost like he thinks he's too smart to work as a team. He does. And I also feel like his character is now in like a weird state of limbo where like he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. It's like, what is Doctor Strange's place in the world now? Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't think he, from this interaction with Wong, it feels like he knows why he's not the Sorcerer Supreme and he gets it, but he still just acts like he is anyway. And Wong's just like, yeah, dude, like it's fine. That's the only person who like, like cares about hair splitting is me. And I don't. But we don't there's so much we don't know about the sorcerer's stuff still. And I think we're getting more of that. We saw the trailer for Multiverse of Madness and we can't get into it because we're getting off topic. <laughs> but <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of Doctor Strange being a bad team player in that movie. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm excited to see more of him. I liked their 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 interactions at the beginning. The takeaway for me was I think they, they work really well together on screen. I really liked their interactions. Yeah. I think they have... They just have good on-screen charisma, which I didn't expect. It's just, yeah. which I should have, because honestly, they're both good, good actors. I should have just assumed they would be good. They're both together. good actors, and they're both like, I was about to say they're both British, but like, A, they are. B, I think they grew up like relatively close to they each other. They have the type of on-screen chemistry where I feel like they can pull off what used to be Steve Rogers and tony stark like you need that like (laughs) two people who are to work together and they're very different in their like almost like ideology but in this case it's like less like like iron man and cap had differences on like how they thought things should be done it's very similar here where it's like doctor strange is like super he's not like he's not like super serious but he is he's like not an idiot he's like very smart and he's like we don't do stupid things like he even didn't kind of like tony because tony was kind of like an idiot whereas like peter is peter's literally a stupid kid like he's like a genius but he's a stupid kid who does stupid things and it's like i like how they work like crux of the movie right like which is why they work great abstract away like i think a big thing with superhero anything in general is we like to just view it as like oh, it's crazy superhero stuff. But really, like, no, this movie especially, like, Peter is having a human problem of just, I don't like the consequences I'm dealing with, and I have the power to not be dealing with them. And the, like, it then goes, as like, yeah, you have the power to do that, but do you really? Like, this is what it actually entails. And it's sort of why Doctor Strange has only ever really used this for, like, a small thing. He's just like, yeah, I didn't want people to remember a thing I did at a party. Peter's like, yeah, I want the entire world to forget about me, including like other universes and cross it. And as like an adult, it's like, no, there's so much to that. But like then now it's just like or in to Peter anyway. Yeah, like that's a rational thing for him to take on. He just isn't 
able to see the type of consequences it's going to have yeah. for him which is like even dr strange like he's like stop changing it because he's like he's like didn't you think this through basically yeah. he's like didn't you think about what would actually happen which he clearly did and it's like no dr strange has no magic yeah it's like, i'm just trying to get into college man but then after the spell goes wrong we basically he we get our one of the i think one of the better scenes in the movie which is we get doc ock emerging on the bridge where they fight it out yep. and I think it was really cool how the uh, he steals the nanotech, but then Peter ends up using it against him and basically turns off his arms, and the Green Goblin comes. That was out. a very clever. That was a very clever trick. Yeah, I was actually surprised with that. I thought that Doc Ock was yeah. going to be right along the Green Goblin in terms of being like basically how Electro ended up being. Like I thought he was going to be far more of like one of the main villains, but I liked how they actually right. like fix him early on, and he he like is like a supporting role. But when they fight on the bridge, that scene was really sweet. I liked the arms, like stealing the nanotech. The Green Goblin coming in was just like, he's just such a good on-screen like villain. Like Green Goblin's just sick. I love him. It's very like something about the Green Goblin design on screen really like gets to you. It's the flying thing. And I, yeah, no, and it like that speaks to Sam Raimi because he is a horror director. Like he made Evil Dead. Yeah, dude. When he, the dude knows how to make a scary he thing. He flies into the smoke, and he's just got these green glowing death balls. It's like he's such a good villain, and he's, he's scary. also like, <laughs> I forgot about this until they like fight. Like his power isn't just being like a crazy dude with weapons. He's also like, he's basically like. In every other character, he's like a super soldier. Like he's basically what would happen if like someone like Bucky or Cap like went insane. <laughs> it's like no, it's literally like what if Tony Stark went insane and was an asshole and a villain, and also had super strength. Like, he's just a military defense contractor. Yeah, but he also has super strength from the serum thing. Like he also is weirdly yeah a superhuman. So it's like he's a genius superhuman who's insane. It's like he's such a good villain. I love him, but I really like yeah. that uh, the scene where he like comes to the smoke and you're just, like, it just that was like the first moment where all that stuff felt real. Like you knew this was coming in the movie, like the villains were coming back, and like that was in the trailer. But it was it the trailers even for this, it felt like, and you're right, like it, this can't all be happening. And it just is, and well, you even knew it was happening, yeah. but you didn't think they were gonna like execute on it. And it's like every introduction to every villain felt great. Except I'll say for the weird Dr. Klein guy, is that his name? Dr. Connors. Connors. I got yeah, I, I led you I led you astray yeah. at the top. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of shows up, but like Dr. Doc Ock's intro is great, Goblins is great. I loved Electro and Sandman. Like oh, they brought them all in and it's like each one felt unique and cool. I loved how when Electro comes in, like they let him be who he should have been in the others but i really liked what they did with electro he's such a because he was such like a a savage yeah jamie fox played the hell out of that role i think he was really happy to be playing yeah like in the spider-man universe again and to have a i this is not controversial what i'm about to say at all and i've i think i've said before like i don't like being mean to things on this podcast i think that's kind of overdone on the internet everyone can be mean to a movie all you want the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the two of them are genuinely very awful. They're, they're, they're not good movies at all. <laughs> and uh, we saw this with like a friend of ours. And afterwards, he was like, yeah, I can't wait to go home. I'm going to watch all of these. I'm like, don't watch the amazing ones. <laughs> He's like, 
nah, Andrew Garfield's such a good Spider-Man. And I'm like, yeah, Andrew Garfield, to Andrew Garfield's credit, amazing Spider-Man. He plays the hell out of the role. He's one of the more faithful takes of it. Like, he feels insignificant. He wants power, and he that's displayed literally in, like, yeah, I want to siphon electricity out of things and then use it. Except he doesn't, and they say it in the movie, like, he doesn't really want to hurt people. Like, he just wants to feel important, almost. And he get, in the amazing movies, he gets scared. He's like, yeah, like there's not enough power here. I don't know what, what's going on. I don't like this. I'm not happy. I don't want to hurt anybody. But then in this one, he samples a callback to Avengers, which Marvel runs a tight ship with their lore because he literally explains like the power feels different here. And it's because in the MCU universe, like all of New York is powered by an arc reactor just under like the Hudson oh, River. So true. That's right. Remember? And then they show another one. And he's like, that's what I was feeling. Like, they yeah, don't miss. They don't. I didn't notice that. Miss. I was just going to say that my favorite thing that I think they did with them is I love how these characters that if they had just come back in and been the same characters in the old movies, I don't think it would have been as good. Like I liked the way it, it felt so much like they were in a different universe because their universe doesn't have Stark tech. The way that Doc Ock comes in and is just yeah. like, nanobots like what the fuck is this this is new yeah and the fact that uh electro basically is like like it's just genius it's like what would electro do in the mcu it's like there's a fucking arc reactor it's like that just gives him that solves his one problem he's able to manifest like infinite he's able to get his skin back yeah it's like it's just oh he's got infinite power in a ball it's like it just the way they interact with the mcu it just and i like peter even says it he's like we have different technology here it's like if it made them made the multiverse feel very real compared to just being like these are different timelines like it felt like yeah these are different worlds like these dudes just came into a different world and it's like the way they interacted with it was great and uh, i i want to jump to the next part of the plot here for this point so as we get so we find sandman and electro just kind of fighting in the woods and then peter sends them back with his cool magic web shooter which really cool addition he then like finds Norman Osborn, distinctly not Green Goblin Norman Osborn, at Aunt May working at the place where she works at the like trauma center is called Feast. And it's just like, yeah, it's a homeless shelter where people can go and get food because homelessness still exists in Marvel. And like Aunt May describes like, yeah, this guy's lost in more ways than one. But like we can probably help him. And then it kind of clicks with Peter like, oh, wait, the people that are here, like we can help them. Like we have the power and the technology to solve like these a lot of these problems that these people have, which I don't think they can solve Dr. Connor's problem. I'll be real. (laughs) Like Dr. Connor's problem is that he is a lizard. But like his whole villain arc is that he wants to turn everyone else into a lizard too. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that that transcends the lizard body. I think that that's something that he kind of went into the lizard body with. Totally. I mean, I think it, they still did kind of like make it clear that they all had their individual motivations. That some of them were definitely still. Like, let's not be wrong. Like, Electro just loses his power. That's why he do, he stops being a dick. It's like he's still the same asshole. He, no, he even described. As like what I was saying earlier, like, he describes like I want to feel important. I feel like I don't matter, 
and I want to feel powerful. There are things above me that I have no control over and that bothers me. And that's a really human like when you break it down like that, it's like, oh, my God, that can like just continue to be scaled up forever. And the way that he is manifesting that is like, okay, I can steal electricity now and basically take over New York. And then when I like the ultimate apex crux of that power for me can be getting a small personal arc reactor and pinning it to my chest. And then I will have infinite power forever. And it's like, yeah, that's 100% what that character would do. And he's like, yeah, I have this now. I'm not going home. This is exactly what I want. I feel better than I ever have. I feel massively better about myself. And I'm not basically living in a massive existential crisis anymore. Like, I'm powerful. I'm good to go. Let's take over New York. (laughs) uh, I forget where I was going with this. I think basically (laughs) what we're just trying to say is they executed so well on delivering these villains to the MCU, still having them all yeah. not having it not feel like it's just a mob of evil people, but each one was like had their own reason for why they wanted to either get back or not get back. They all had their like they all had a satisfying intro into the world. Yeah. And it, it was just like you knew they were coming, but it's like they they just did such a good job setting them up and it, they added little right. little bits to make them new to the MCU compared to their old characters. And they didn't miss. Yeah. I don't think they missed a single one. Even Sandman was great. Like Sandman just, he just wants to get back. Sandman just wants to go home. He just wants to go home. He wants nothing <laughs> to do with this. He's like, I don't want you to fix me. He's like, just let me leave. I I, I just want to go and see my daughter. Yeah. Like, I don't care anymore. And it was like, it's just so good. And then I guess, I think they they perfectly delivered on bringing the villains. And then what, what, were you, what were your thoughts on, so the scene where he just opens a portal in itself is pretty wild and lots to talk about there because i don't actually understand the portal rules in the mcu like if you just have the ring i guess you could do it but i don't know maybe he is magic yeah maybe ned okay. is magic first uh, let's just let's just talk about that real quick is that magic tyler i don't think you've watched doctor strange i have not so all magic power in the mcu like except for wanda the notable exception of wanda and now i guess agatha it's Agatha, right? I was right? literally just going to say, I guarantee you that's not Agatha. that's not true anymore because of Wanda and Agatha. I mean, she could be breaking it, but no. Like, for... They're born with, like, these magic power amps. Like, Wanda's given power from the Mind Stone. Agatha's... We have no idea why Agatha... ...studying as a coven witch in Salem. Whatever. <laughs> like, they don't need to use the ring. Normal people. Doctor Strange-ass people who was just, like, a normal... He was a neurosurgeon yeah. before he found power they're able to channel the magic around them and within themselves with that ring. So when Ned's like, I think I'm a little magic. Like, yeah, that's a little magic. And all he's doing with that hand motion and like thinking like, Hey, I want to just know where Spider-Man is, is he's just casting that spell. All that spell does is take you to a place where you want to go. And he wants to go and yeah, see but his friend Spider-Man. Isn't it not easy to do that, though? Like, is it not impressive that Ned just on the spot was like, I'm going to open a portal, and he had no training, and no one showed him how to do it? Yeah, but it, like, they, they'd show that, right? Like, then he's not able to control it well. No, but it's pretty impressive that he gets, like, two. He's a natural. He does get two back yeah. to back, because he brings in, now, if we could talk about it, he brings in both the other Spider-Men, which I thought the, yep. that, to me, is the best part of the entire movie that was just that was the crowd please moment everyone wanted because that. He, everyone wanted and everyone knew it was coming it wasn't a surprise but it yeah. still felt like one like when he takes his when he takes this the mask off you're just like they fucking let's did talk it. they did it let's talk marvel 
let's talk what the genius Kevin Feige did. So if you've been following the Spider-Man news, which I know we have, you know that Andrew Garfield on set leaked early. Yep. And it leaked in a really like in a way that just couldn't be played. There's also there's also a photo of him and McGuire on the Statue of Liberty set that got leaked as well. Yep. So we knew both that, of them. That yeah, leaked. we knew the ending scene. We thought they were just going to be doing a cameo. And Kevin was like, no, no, there's not even going to be a cameo. Like they're filming a separate thing. They just happen to be in the Spider-Man uniform. It's not affiliated. And if we were doing a cameo, we certainly wouldn't do it there. And so then in our minds, we're just like, okay, they're going to have a cameo. And it's like, no, they're actually two of the main characters of the film. (laughs) It was so good. I actually did think that they were going to probably have a big role in the film. But I guess my thing was when they didn't include them in the beginning, it gave my brain like enough time to go into movie mode where I kind of forgot about everything leading into the movie. And I almost forgot about them for a second. And then... You like knew when he was talking about opening the portal, you were like, this is where they're going to fucking do it. And you see him and you oh, know he has the suit on. You see on. Spider-Man and you're like, that's not. That's not Peter. You're like, that's, that, not, our that's Spider-Man. not our Spider-Man. And you knew it. And he pulls off the fucking thing. And also just the way the delivery I thought was great when Zendaya is just like, that's not. You're not fucking Spider-Man. Like, crawl on the ceiling. You're I don't a, believe you. You're a Spider-Man. Like, the, crawl on the, the ceiling. disbelief. And then like, Ned's grandma's like, can you get the cobweb? It was so <laughs> good. It's like just a... Br- yeah. I always... I just thought that bringing them in was going to feel like awkward, but bringing in every character in this movie felt supernatural. And I loved how McGuire just like walks in in normal clothes and he's just like, sup, dog? Because he is like the mature old Spider-Man. He's old now. It's amazing. Yeah. So... <laughs> fucking good it's so good but we've skipped a huge moment in this movie that i personally wanted to talk about a lot in that peter tries with the technology that they have to fix all the villains right like oh yes and he does like he yes. straight up like mcu is so technologically advanced that it takes him like 30 minutes to to just, yeah, just get the rehabilitate tony stark toolbox Doc Ock. yeah he just gets out the tony stark toolbox that happy stole and it's like he's under criminal investigation <laughs> and it just fixes him like that. Like it, it doesn't even register like as a problem. It's just like, oh, this is what this is what's wrong with you. Like Electro, you have too much electricity in your body. Put this thing on your chest. It'll take it all out. It doesn't work. Green Goblin manifests back out, just slams him through the before floor. And on May wait, wait, before it gets there, I, I almost forgot tied for the best moment in this movie. The. The perfection that was this optimistic moment where he's like figured out how to solve all their problems and yeah. he gets this like sense that something's wrong and you're in the audience and you're like and you're like you're like what's wrong? You're like, wait, 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 fuck, what's wrong? And you thought like may I thought like maybe someone was gonna come to the building and like fuck it up or that the dude that yep. lizard man was gonna like do something stupid down below and it was gonna be on camera and it was gonna be like, Oh, Spider Man's bad again. But the fucking perfection of William Defoe to just <laughs> with only laugh with only his face to show you that his body has left the room and you are now in a yep. different world and about to get fucking destroyed. That was so good. Like he didn't have anything but his face. He just let yep. you know. He was like 
I'm back. It's not Norman Osborn anymore. This is the Green Goblin. I don't want you to cure me. I actually want to kill you, and I want to break down your entire morality structure as I do it because I think you're a pathetic weakling. That was so good. And I think I can just fucking kill you, and I'm going to. It was amazing. That's And he's just like battering him like your morality is stupid and weak and just slams him into the wall the laughing scene he's just getting wailed on and he just lets out that laugh it literally reminded me of ledger's joker when he starts to punch him in the face and he just starts like laughing maniacally too like it was like it, it was like the first that was one of the few like it felt like a dark moment in the mcu it's like tom yeah. Holland's spider-man is happy boy spider-man like there isn't a bad. He is. He hasn't had to fight with a. Lot. No, he has no bad bone in his in his body, and you notice, like in that moment, he starts hitting him, and he's like, "Shit!" And then he gets mad. And he starts like really hitting him, and the dude just yeah. starts laughing. He's like, "You little bitch, you can't fuck with me!" And he just picks him up and pile drives him through a building. That's why I've always been, and you know, I've always been like a Spider Man is the coolest character because, like Batman is infallible, right? Like, you always know Batman's never going to kill anybody. Spider-Man, and they say it in this movie, Spider-Man has and will probably straight up continue to kill people. Yep. Like, if you're if you're a violent threat and there's no other way around it, he's not going to lose sleep over just, like, webbing your forehead and slamming you on the yeah, ground and just killing you dead right there. Because of him. Yeah, but, like, he's never going to lose... Like, he will lose sleep, and they say that. Like, I killed the Green Goblin in revenge, and it destroyed me. It ate me up completely. And I can never do that again. And that's what makes the Green Goblin so... Like, I like that we keep comparing the Green Goblin to Joker. I think that they're very similar characters. But what makes the Green Goblin more effective for me is that we know Batman's never going to give in to it. Spider-Man? Like, that's a 17-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have that conviction. He's not established. He has not established his morality that much. He's still figuring out his strength, even. And then you have this guy that kills Aunt May. It's just like, I killed your aunt, but really, you killed your aunt by bringing him here, you she dumb fuck. Gets... <laughs> I couldn't believe how they pieced her. I thought they'd already Ben's. had their Uncle Ben moment. I thought they had their Uncle Ben moment with Tony Stark. I did too. I did not think they were going to just... The axe. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to fly through a nailer, and it just does. And you're just like, oh, Jesus, she's done. When she got back well, up, I was like, oh, there's how is she alive? I was like, she just got. You murdered. think she's fine, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, no, she's a human. She's not superhuman. She has no extra power, and she's bleeding to death. And Spider-Man is a wanted criminal that has destroyed a building, and no one's coming to save her. And it's just like, oh my god! Yeah, when he touches her back and realizes the blood, and then she just like gets, she's like, I'm tired, and I'm gonna die now. <laughs> that like literally like oh, that's where it ended. That's I, where it got to Infinity War status for me. It, like that was there. Yeah, that was I'm, the I don't feel so good, Mister Stark moment. Like that was when the ooh, when the I hadn't put that yeah together. when the movie went dark like that, and she died in front of him, and he's like on top of the school, just covered in blood, like ripped open, absolutely beaten sideways. Like, that's what a great MCU movie needs. It's like, they need to just get murked. And that's where they get it, right? Like, the, I think it's a Stan Lee quote. The reason we invented Spider-Man was because we asked the question, what if a superhero, like, had problems and had to pay rent and, like, was just, like, a human? Because, like, Captain America, with, with or without, like, Steve Rogers is still Captain America. Like, mm -hmm. He's never gonna go unrecognized. But Spider-Man, like a big part of his character in the comics and now kind of also in the video games is like, yeah, I'm a superhero and it 
like fucked up my relationships and I have trouble making rent and I can never go to the hospital. Yeah, they hit him at the end of the movie. He moves in that like really shitty New York apartment. That's that probably like in real life costs like two grand a month. Easily. I'm surprised Tony didn't like leave him in his will. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that like really surprised me. I was like <laughs> Well, I don't know. Everyone forgot who he was, so maybe he did, and I just can't have that inheritance anymore. Maybe, but I don't know. I feel like before, like he was still living with Aunt May. Like Happy clearly got some dough from the Starks. He's got a nice yeah. place. Happy has like a straight up like COO like seat of Stark Industries. Yeah, it's like how do they? How does Peter not have like any money? I feel like something must have been left to him, but I guess not. Yeah. But b- back on the topic here, what we see after that scene isn't him like. I'm going to go and get revenge on the Green Goblin. I'm going to find him and kill him. It's literally just like, where does Peter go to be alone and like maybe cry and grieve <laughs> where no one will ever know, like where the cops basically just won't find him. It's like, oh, he's on top of our school and he's literally just like crying. I literally can't get this out of my head. So I'm just going to have to say it, but it's just because of the other podcast. <laughs> right when I said that, I just instantly thought, who's wealthier, Peter or oh, no. <laughs> Hawkeye? Hawkeye, like, Hawkeye is like a 40, 50-year-old, so I didn't least help these. <laughs> I don't know, Hawkeye's man. Kids. He's I still, he's got more he's money. still crashing at that like kid's place. I think that's just because he doesn't have a safe house in New York. Tony Stark really a... wronged Alden. Yeah, I feel like he's he's basically the richest person in the world in that if show. My, if I had a billionaire friend and he didn't like kick me a milli or two in his will, I think I'd be like personally pretty offended. Should all have like a nice or something. Like, couple yeah, shares like, you, of Stark Industries. Like, I feel like you could have thrown them a Like, bone. we always said you can't take it with you, but your family didn't need that much. <laughs> I just always think that now. I'm like, who's your family? It's like Pepper Potts and your one kid. Yeah, they don't need like a trillion dollars. You can leave them with all the land you own and they will never want for anything. He sold the Avengers Tower Peter confirmed. Stark. He must have some real estate money too. Like, there's, I know you got cash, yeah. Tony. But like, Sorry for derailing this. <laughs> no, being poor is definitely a part of the Spider-Man character. Like, a huge part of him is literally like, do I go and fight the Green Goblin right now, or do I like make rent this month? Yeah, I like that. Right when he moves in his apartment, the dudes are like, rent first of the month, don't miss it. Yeah, and that's um, that's a critique that the John Watts Spider-Man trilogy has gotten. It's like, oh, he never has to fight for anything. Everything's just handed to him. And it's like, okay, you fucks. Yeah, he was like, hold hold my beer. (laughs) It's like, how would I just... cool. Here's a 17-year-old that lost his aunt. No one remembers who he is. No one remembers who he is. He lost all the credit of being an Avenger. Like, that's the other big thing about this movie. He is just not an Avenger anymore because no one remembers who he is. Yeah. I suppose suppose if he shows up in the suit, they might take him back because they'll be like, oh, we remember Spider-Man. But like, no one knows who he is. Yeah. No one knows how to contact him. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to contact anyone else. If he does, he's just going to be like, hey, I'm (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Strange is like, you realize like I'm not going to remember who you are right before I do this. (laughs) It's like. Yeah. Like, I can't help you after this. Yeah. If you knock on my door, I'm going to be like, get out of here, weirdo. Which I don't know. I feel like Doctor Strange could have like a warning spell about this. Like, it really feels like a half baked plan on Doctor Strange's part. It does. I feel like he go hundred percent. I mean, he even at the beginning when he first did it, he was like, "I can make like this one person remember it." But I guess the whole thing was because they like cracked the multiverse that everyone had to forget, or else it wouldn't work. Yeah. But yeah, 
but yeah, that whole scene was amazing. I loved every part. That's where they do the a movie really good job in. of finally bringing humanity into him. Yeah, I like they just tore everything away from him, and it was good, and that's what he needed. And like, yeah, they're doing a whole. There's another whole trilogy confirmed for his movies, and I think it's good. Like we got people criticized it as. I've seen all the criticism online, right, of the, of the Spider-Man movies, is that he's basically just yeah. like little Iron Boy. He's Iron Boy. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like we got the Iron Boy trilogy, and this was like his Infinity War moment, and then we get his next trilogy, which is like Endgame story. Like, And I like that. Like, he got it all taken away. He had it all really easily, and it got him to where he was, but it's like, by the end of this movie, there's no Stark suit. He's just in a costume in a shitty apartment. He makes his own costume no because one knows, his other one got yeah, ripped to No shreds. one knows who he is. He's lost his access because he's lost all his access to stark tech too like that shit's all in happy's place and yeah. happy doesn't remember at the end of the movie he's like how did you know her and it's like so he has no family no access to anything it's like no stark tech no it's i i love it i love what they're he's back to bare bones and that's yeah and like it still shows like at the very end like even with that like yeah i'm still gonna go out and be a superhero and it's like yeah that's that's like the quintessence of spider-man like he never needed all of that stuff to go do it before he was before he got that stuff. He was doing it in an old hoodie and some sweatpants. Like Yeah, this movie I feel like really got like what a Spider-Man movie needs to be. Yeah. But we keep jumping around. We gotta get back on track. Yeah, here. we it's because that was my bad. I skipped the <laughs> the most important scene in the movie and went straight <laughs> no, to no, when no. they bring I... the new Spider-Man. But they brought the new Spider-Man, it was incredible. And then the the team up fight was Everything I ever wanted and more. That was really well done. The one scene that always everything plays, in this movie was well exactly done. the one thing that plays back in my mind every time I think of this movie now is when they swing around the stat, which is the fact that the Statue of Liberty had Captain America's shield made it even fucking cooler. That was a really nice, nice like, little touch. How do we? That's how do we make it feel like the things that are happening in these movies matter? It's no, yes, I love how the MCU kills it nowadays with like and they're doing it in hawkeye too where they're little posters and shit like reflect stuff that's happened in the mcu like they make these movies feel like they did happen in this world and like they had consequences yeah. and didn't just move on and they're important yeah and it's like just that little detail was great when they're swinging around the head though and they all land on the shield together oh yeah it was so fucking good <laughs> when they were fighting together and like they would just like intertwine in like a web and just like each kick someone at the same time and like Oh, I never thought three oh. Spider-Men fighting together would be so sick, but it was. So cool. I also love how uh, they like they, their personalities like showed in the fight still. Like they were very much, yeah. they weren't just like, oh, this is Spider-Man but three times. They were very much like, oh, we met like two hours ago. We really don't know how to work together. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and it's like you knew like Toby Spider-Man was Toby Spider-Man. Andrews was Andrews. Like it, it, they were different than him. I loved it. Yeah, they're not the same. No, they're so good. Yeah, it's fucking, oh man. I love this movie. I think this is such, they did everything right. They did. I did. <laughs> I think like in terms of what they were working with, like you don't have the Avengers in it, so you can't go like the Avengers movies they will can't always be like too yeah, crazy. But they'll always benefit from the fact that they can make the threat just absolutely insane, like with Infinity War. This movie, for what it had to be contained in New York and with what they were working with, was perfection to me. Like it, I don't think yeah. they could have done much better for it. The only Avengers level threat comes in at the very end, and it's like oh, like the Green Goblin just blew up the reality cube. Even that <laughs> was great. Like they. Just set up the beginning of the multiverse of madness, and the post-credit scene brings in Strange Supreme. It's like God, yeah. too good. I I'm nervous for that one. Not in that I don't think it's going to be good, but I don't multiverse know what they're going to do. Oh, I, <laughs> and that unknown makes me nervous. I think we should do a pod totally talking about what we think is going to happen in the multiverse of madness because I think it's going to be huge. But 
that I feel like they're just gonna go buck wild with it. Like this was like dipping your they toe. To, right? This was dipping your toes in the multiverse. Like they have been Let's teasing see if the us. Audience will understand. Yes, it. they've been teasing us with this. Like they gave us the Loki show to give us a taste of it. Then this was the first like movie that got a taste of it so that people who didn't watch the shows could see what's going on. Like that Doctor Strange movie is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be nuts. I don't know. Something I'm nervous about, and I kind of said this when we like when you pitched the idea of this podcast to me of like I never want to go into a Marvel movie with like a notepad like i never want to have to take this so seriously that i need to like take notes and get every single plot point and going forward if this podcast ever blows up this is now in shining digital amber like (laughs) i never want to take this podcast seriously it's not the take that i wanted but like i i don't want to have to be going into a movie needing to like review my notes as if it's like a cumulative exam that though and this movie like this movie gave me the confidence i needed that they still have it that's what I meant when I they, said Shang-Chi was my, my first case where I was like, okay, they still kind of have it. Like this was a good introduction to character. This movie proved to me that they don't need Robert Downey Jr. to still like smash a movie and include a really complex yeah. plot and still have it be really good. My problem is specifically for Multiverse of Madness. I think this movie might've worked because the public is kind of super into Spider-Man just like quietly. <laughs> like, we know the Green Goblin. We know Doc Ock. Like, if I go up to someone on the street and it's like, oh, that guy looks like Doc Ock. He's going to know, like, the Spider-Man guy. So we have that kind of, like, word association. But from the post credit scene with Doctor Strange, like, he's going to be fighting evil Doctor Strange from What If and WandaVision matters. And it's like, there's a, there might there's be a second, Loki time. There's a second Doctor Strange in it, too. There's one with him where he has, like, a yeah, white stripe. That's it's another comic character. I, I know he's ner- I know what you're afraid of. And I, they could definitely, I'm nervous. They could definitely miss. But I think they're going to excel in it because I think what they're going to do with it is they're going to focus basically they're gonna make it so that you didn't even have to see loki to understand what's going on or what if it's gonna be a self-contained story basically about they got like they gave us like the tease of like hey there's two other spider-man out there but they both happen to be good multiverse of madness is going to teach us and i guarantee wanda's gonna have it too that there are bad versions of the same characters out there i think it's gonna be contained to just versions of wanda potentially and doctor strange but I think at the end of that movie, we're going to get the post credit scene for Kang. And that movie will simply, I don't think it will be too complicated. I think the whole premise will just be to teach you that the multiverse means infinite. And for every 50% of people that are good, there's like 50% that are bad. And then there's the baddest of the bad, which is like evil Doctor Strange. And then I think that's <laughs> how they introduce the idea to everyone who just watches the movies really of like, oh, and by the way, meet kang he's what happens and we we haven't met evil kang yet we've only met good kang in the tv show right so i feel like yeah that's gonna be their way Which, to set up the if, idea of if the that was good character. kang good kang isn't really even good kang, no. good kang kind of seemed like an asshole no, he did. and i'm sure evil <laughs> kang is absolutely horrifying which we actually got a tease for evil kang because that's where loki ends up in the end of the season he ends up in the evil kang world but i feel like right. that's what they want to basically teach us with that movie is they're not gonna do some crazy stuff where everything doesn't make sense it's gonna be very grounded in like hey you know dr strange here's what happens when he's evil and here's what happens when he's this and here's what happens when he's that and it's like okay that's where i think they're going with it and because he's like oh the the biggest threat is yourself and it's like i just think i have confidence in them to excel after this movie i i I was very skeptical of the multiverse until i saw how they did it in the spider-man movie and i think 
I think they have the groundwork to do it, and I think they can execute on it now. Because at first I was very skeptical. Well, let's hope, because I am still quite nervous. Yeah, we'll find out. Like, if I need to know what happened and what if, and what if, like, missed a whole episode of... No, 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 no. I don't think that's going to be it at all. I think they'll 100% introduce him on his own as a character, and they'll walk you through. My my belief is always going to be, and it's been already proven, basically, in Disney, Star Wars... Like they did it in Star Wars 2 and they're doing it in Marvel right now. They're going to give us these TV shows and the characters are going to make their way onto the big screen, but they're never going to assume that you watch the TV show. Right. I think that's the safest. Like that's what they did with Darth Maul by throwing him in in the uh, like the solo movie. Like they're going to they'll give you enough in the movie that you go like, oh, shit, what is this? But they're not going to be like you had to watch episode seven of what if to understand what's happening in the multiverse of madness. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case. They'll definitely make sure Uh, Marvel. That's the confidence I have in Kevin Feige is he will always be able to make a self-contained movie where you understand what's going on. That's yeah. Like you could have watched Endgame without Infinity War and you still would have had like somewhat of an idea of like what happened pretty you're, quickly. You're swaying me. You're you're getting me back on your side. I think don't doubt the Feige. taking this offline. I think the, I, I think I think you can get me back on Team Feige. But uh, I want to give a quick shout out here to every anyone and everyone in our audience who like us saw Solo in theaters <laughs> <laughs> because that movie did not do good in theaters. Trash. <laughs> if you're if you're a true it's not trash it just seems like a perfectly decent movie no, it really wasn't it's like a, it's like a four it's like a four out of ten uh, yeah it sucked. yeah it did not suck no four out of ten's it fine. just didn't work because it wasn't harrison ford he was already too old the guy that played we were oh my god are we off, off topic. Topic. <laughs> That's a, we kind of lost the plot i think we're good to wrap a perfect up. way to, to write it back in so the other post-credit scene yeah the post-credit scene of doctor strange really wasn't a post-credit scene it was like a trailer for i don't know why they told us there were two post-credit scenes the second post-credit scene was very much just like an extended it was trailer. a trailer of multiverse of madness but i i do understand why it was kind of like in the post-credit as a post-credit scene they're like st- the juices are starting to flow in the MCU again, where they're getting ready for like an Avengers like movie. Like the movies are starting to kind of connect, and that's what they want you to know. Yeah. They want you to be like Spider Man's leading into this movie, which is tying in with WandaVision. They want you to see basically, like, right, if you think about who's left, it's like a, a big name in the MCU. They want you to know that now Spider Man, Doctor Strange, and Wanda are connected, basically. Like that was that, 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 that was the I'm goal. I'm mad of we that. didn't get a cameo from Old Cap. Is it, he lives in New York? I think he's dead. Old Cap is not dead. I'm like 100% positive he's dead because in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he's like very much dead. No, he's not dead. He's, they just don't talk about No, him. they literally, they talk about when he dies. He just wants to be left alone. You need to brush up on your MCU knowledge if you go back and watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier like in episode right, two. Right. Sam talks. Maybe, of, Sam literally maybe, talks about maybe. his struggle with Cap being dead now. <laughs> Maybe. I think that they're all deep cover, not letting anyone know that Steve is still alive so that no one tries to bring him back to do government work. He could but, be. But I'm pretty sure he's dead. They like very much make that clear. But let's I think that Spider Man needs a dad and old Captain America is kicking around and they're both from New York. But we're off topic because we need to talk about Venom. Can I cut in real quick before then? Because there's another huge thing that happened in this movie oh, that I just remembered. No. <laughs> I know. I just remember something that's massive. Oh no. <laughs> Can we talk about how they Go for it. Go for it. They finally brought back in the fact that they confirmed that guy was like nick fury he's like nick fury hasn't been on earth in over a year yeah 
That was big. <laughs> you're just dealing. You were just dealing with the scroll. That was big. They like they're they the fact that they're bringing that back in. Like that they're like, oh yeah, he's out there. That means they're they're getting ready to unleash him in in something. He's, but it also means like who's watching Shield because Nick Fury is very much here. <laughs> no, I think that's what's going to happen with Secret Wars. It's coming out soon. Like you have Madame Hydra popping up, right? And no one's really keeping taps on Shield if Nick Fury's out in space. I got a feeling we're going to have... I, there's no one, like... No one's running shit anymore. Who's running shit? Like when, That's a huge when, government when organization. When Tony and Steve were around and Fury was around, like, there were no gaps. Now I feel like there's no. a lot of gaps. <laughs> no one's running anything oh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no one fucking does anything anymore. Which I feel like it's going to... This new generation. I don't have work ethic. This lazy new generation. Sorry for derailing us again. These millennials. But go back into uh, the, the Venom post credit scene yes so we see venom which i'm not big on the venom verse i'll up and up I've front never seen him and i don't intend to say like i can take a leave venom i don't the character like it's cool i like it it doesn't interest me a whole lot i don't think it needs its own movie. like i can i can see the attraction to it you you're trying to get me to now like see that like cool you're making a whole movie off it but then like you want to you want to make morbius they're trying to make a trilogy off of it which is just absurd to me yeah like you're trying to use venom to sell me morbius and now venom is in the mcu like cool i hope they do a lot with venom if they don't okay well i think uh, basically what they did by him like showing up and leaving a bit of the venom suit and then disappearing is they're that was Kevin Feige's way of being like, you guys want Venom in the MCU, but I'm not going to leave it up to fucking Sony to execute on yeah. that shit. So he was like, we took the goo and we got rid of the guy. And now Feige has total control to make his own Venom. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If I think that's what they're doing. I think they're going to let them. Part of the Sony yeah. Disney deal is just like. We got the goo. You have to start, start showing. Shart. Oh, no. I certainly hope Kevin Feige didn't have to chart as a part of the Disney Sony deal, but section three. Yeah. Section three. You got to chart your pants in the middle of this boardroom, uh, but no, like they need him to start showing venom in the MCU so that they can get more asses in the venom seats when it's Sony's MCU. I'm sure though, like, which Disney, is like, has... again, right now is venom and Morbius. Yeah, Disney <laughs> is real weak. Disney run shit though. They don't get to, Sony's not dictating anything. There's no way Disney was yeah. like, they're like, we'll put your guy in our post credit scenes. So people will go see venom three. We're going to take the goo in there. We're going to have our own venom. Yeah. Cause he gets sent back. Yeah, I imagine he's not coming back. He's gone. They sent them back to his universe. But he leaves that little bit. Yeah, but that's not him. That's just this. Isn't the whole idea of the Venom lore is that like that shit is sentient and it's actually like a hive mind even across universes? Yeah. So it's it's not really him. It's just the goo. It's a piece of goo and it can turn into its own goo and then take another dude over. What I'm saying is some other dude can play Venom and be taken. I think I think what they're doing with that is the goo is going to travel from Tijuana to or wherever the hell I haven't seen Venom to to New York and meet Peter Parker and be like, hey, hello, I want to go home. Also, I'm super powerful and you look pretty cool. And it's going to lead to Spider-Man having a morality play with himself. Yeah. And like addiction and absolute power and all that. And it's going to be really friggin' cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so happy they gave Tom Holland three more movies. I think he's yeah. he's great. Which is an it's, it's a that's a big bet on him for the MCU. That's six 
movies for just him and he's already been in let's say this is on track to be like the third highest grossing movie of all time like it's a big bet but i i can see why disney is like it's a he is their new robert downey jr if you just think about how many appearances he's been in movies like they've basically given him the reins he's been in now what six movies or is it five yeah six right endgame infinity war Civil War, Civil the War, three Spider-Man movies. Homecoming, no Way Home. Yeah, yeah, so by the end, that would be nine just with his trilogy, and you know he's going to be in the fucking Avengers movies, so he's probably going to be like, yes. he's going to hit like 11 or, he's gonna hit like eleven or 12 movies he's going to be in. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. I'd love, 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 love living through the Spider-Man renaissance. That will do it. Spider-Man pod is yeah, over. I think that's going to wrap us up. Do you want to you wanna send us yeah, home? Send us home. That <laughs> concludes our Spider-Man No Way Home pod. Uh, not sure what's coming out next. I think, oh, actually, no, I do know what's coming out next. We got to finish up the Hawkeye We will podcast. be, fin- <laughs> we have seen the most recent episode of the Hawkeye show and we're going to watch the season. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not lying. Actually, the newest one. We're behind on Hawkeye, guys, but we'll get it out to you. <laughs> we're going to watch the season finale then post a, uh, the last two episodes. We kind of failed at the weekly thing. But no, we didn't. I mean, we did because in the first one, we did say that we were going to do it weekly and then we just totally. You can never fail if you continue to move the goalpost. That's true. We moved the goalpost, but uh, you'll be hearing from us soon <laughs> with our finish, our, our finishing of the Hawkeye show. Yes, and from there, I think it's on a Doctor Strange. Yep, Multiverse of Madness comes out. Unless in... we do Book of Boba Fett. Oh, we are totally doing Book of Boba Fett. I'm very excited for that show. Oh, don't make me edit more. <laughs> yep. All right, in that case, then, uh, this has been a Comic Splash Pod. And guys, I think we'll see you on the next one.